All right, what this happened? is the Playing the Field podcast, episode 20. Uh, this is actually the Corona cast, episode 20. We are in the Corona basement. I didn't buy any Corona tonight, but I wish I did. Uh, Brother John's on coronavirus lockdown. We're in the basement. Everything is uh, sheltered off and been a very crazy day in the world. We, uh, we saw games get canceled, the NBA season get canceled. Going on here, John. Put your tinfoil hat on and talk to us about the coronavirus. I don't even know what that is. Is that even real? I've never met anyone that has the coronavirus yet. So show me someone who physically has it, and then, uh, you know, then I'll get scared. Maybe. I don't know. All right, so you're not, no fear whatsoever. I'm not afraid of it. The only thing that scares me is all the bullshit that's going on and how everyone's overreacting, in my opinion. And uh, the fact that you know I won't be able to feed my fucking family, yeah, that's scary a little bit. But I'm not, I'm not worried about actually getting sick. Um, you know, dude, I'm worried about more worried about. I'd rather get sick, and and have like the Masters still go on, and not like have shit like that get canceled, like March Madness. Really? I'll fucking deal with the flu. Are you kidding me? I'll get off of work and be able to watch the Masters if it's still going on. Sign me up. And now I'm here and they're paying you to get this. I know. $4,500 to get injected with the coronavirus. I might need to take that study up. Like Dude, I thought about it. When you're broke and you start donating plasma. 4500 bucks. Because uh, donate pla- you ever donate plasma? No, I never donated plasma. Good God. Just thank God every day you never did that yeah, shit. Yeah, I know. You, you, That's some you dirty ass fucking shit. I, I worked with a guy that used to donate plasma and uh, his arm blew up one time just like yours did. But... Uh, it's enough about donating blood plasma. <laughs> um, so that yeah. brings us to this week's sponsor, <laughs> Plasma Centers of America. <laughs> that is that's a good one. Lobster Cola. Um, so yeah, the coronavirus and the NBA canceled, postponed the season. Rudy Gobert got the most ridiculous dose of karma we've ever seen, touching all the microphones in his... Uh, Expression showing he's not afraid of the coronavirus. Now he suddenly has the coronavirus, and I hope. Oh, did you hear that, Sean? What's that, sir? Oh, this is just breaking news. Just in. Mitch Trubisky has the coronavirus. No, he has the overthrow of virus. Oh, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The overthrow by five yards of virus. Um. The, oh yeah. my god, I got a guy open. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's not really going to be any Bears talk on this episode. Uh, we're just kind of waiting for the legal tampering period to start, which starts, I think, uh, very shortly here. And then uh, we'll figure out where guys get signed. When does Tom frickin' Brady become a frickin'. The Chargers quarterback? I have no idea. Is he going to become the Chargers? No, but, dude, I mean. There's no way he's not going back to the Patriots. Why Why would you go anywhere else? Like, Tom's a statue in the pocket. He's still great at his job, don't get me wrong. But if you're not going to a place that has an incredible offensive line, why are you going there? So, great defense, Who's fine. He's going to get the Asian massages with uh, Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft. <laughs> Tom, I don't think Tom was ever getting the Asian massages, was he? He's got Giselle. I don't think he needs an Asian lady to give him a massage. <laughs> well, what's, what was that saying? You show me... Uh... You show me uh, a hot chick, and I'll show you a guy who's sick of fucking her. <laughs> Isn't there a quote? Somebody said that once, right? Should I Google this right now? <laughs> um, 
Anyways. Yeah. The, well. My point is, Robert yeah. Kraft's a fucking billionaire owner. Yeah. You're going to tell me he can't afford, like, the finest piece of ass money he has to buy, but yet he's going to, like, a $10 fucking slum Asian massage parlor with a happy ending hand job? That's fucked up. The Orchid Garden Spa. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it's called, but... What was the movie where the guys ask for the happy ending and, like, the lady, like, pulls the curtain over and there's, like, a cleaner so she asks her mom, like... I don't remember. Yeah, never mind, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> that's so, for a different episode. The coronavirus in the NBA, now all games are postponed. This is crazy. If you didn't see the Rudy Gobert stuff, he, like, touches all the microphones in a press conference from, like, four days ago. Probably about when he Rudy Gobert, for those people who don't know, is not the Bears' new mascot. It's actually a (laughs) basketball player. Plays for the Utah Jazz. (laughs) Anyway. uh, Look, it's Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Rudy. That's good. (laughs) The Bears' mascot, what's his name? Staley, right? No, it's fucking Rudy Gobert now, man. We're going to change it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and then the NCAA is going to play the tournament games without any fans. Um, that should be interesting. That Should, should we gr- start betting on teams that, like, play in, <laughs> Just like, road teams? Yeah, normally play in front of, like, really weak fucking crowds. Because <laughs> they're used to it? Yeah. yeah, we're used to nobody cheering for us. We're going to dominate today. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> First uh, time ever, all sixteen, all four sixteen <laughs> seeds have made the final four. Um, it's Belmont versus Colgate in the final. Yeah, there you go. Colgate just won the Patriot League tonight. No, did they? I don't know who won. I don't who. actually know anything about sports. Sean. We saw. Yeah, you do. Because <laughs> we're going to talk about what you know, the golf and the White Sox. We're going to talk about those things today on the podcast. I haven't watched a fucking full White Sox game in two years. Yeah, that's not true either. This whole podcast is a fucking farce. It's a goddamn farce. It's all fake. It's fake news. Nobody knows more about coronavirus than I do. Uh, Nobody knows more about sports than I do. But, uh, yeah. We're going to talk some Chicago Fire next, so stay tuned. Yeah, well, I hope that they don't cancel the NCAA tournament, man. I really I really hope they don't cancel the NCAA tournament. How That's, can they not after the NBA just said I mean, you know, we're done. Well, we're indefinitely done. Because if there's anybody that's proven they're the most hypocritical organization in sports, it's the NCAA. That's I mean, they're the only people that use the term student athlete when they know that their athletes are most of the time they're just money-making cash cows. So if anybody keeps things going, it's going to be the NCAA, in my opinion. And just playing without fans, whatever, as long as nobody's infected. I mean, and for my own selfish sake, I love the NCAA tournament. Obviously, most people do. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier before we started the recording process is that it's the most, uh, it's the second biggest sporting event besides the Super Bowl. No, that was just a guess, but it had, it's got to be up there. It's the second busiest. I think it's more busy in, in Vegas during March Madness than the first week of March Madness is the busiest week in Vegas. And but it should be, man. You get year. so many games, dude. Not this year, sure. Yeah, that's not. That might change, dude. All the degenerates getting two dollar flights to Vegas. True that. And one of the regulars I used to wait on at beat ups goes to uh, Vegas for the start of March Madness every year. And uh, I don't know if he's going now, but I would assume he's probably still going. So. My guy Herbie over at the Tollway fucking goes there every year. Shout out to Herb Savage. 
Oh, By the yeah, way, Herb. if you guys ever have uh, any kind of tollway issues or anything, Herb's cell number, you could reach Herbie at... Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but but seriously, Herb. He will take care of your tollway issues. Hopefully no one else from the tollway is listening to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, any tollway... <laughs> any tollway toy employees? Hi, got a little tip about a guy named Herb Savage. Right? <laughs> he appears to be refunding. He's been trying to fire Herb Savage for about eight years since uh, Blagojevich came in. He wanted one of his guys in. Shockingly, I know, right? No, this is a true story. They literally tried to fight. They've been trying to fire Herb for like 10 years. And they've sent him letters. Like, literally, they tried firing him in a letter to his house. We no longer need your services or whatever. Like, just don't come in anymore. Like, and he's like, "No, I'm part of the union." So, like, he just called his rep, and he's like, "Hey, they're trying to fire me." And the, I guess if you're in a union, you can't get fired. Somehow, so, actually, uh, we found out he was fired about five years ago, but nobody ever told him about it. So, uh, we just went ahead and fixed the glitch. So, Milton has been let go. Just a second, there, Professor. We fixed the glitch, so he won't be receiving a paycheck anymore. I know this is going off the rails now. We're talking about Herb Savage, but uh, Herb, just a shout out. I want to thank you for witnessing that beautiful 37 you had the on the front at Big Run uh, a couple years back. He shot a 37 on the front at Big Run. Unbelievable. Dude. That's ridiculous. One of the greatest rounds I've ever seen played hands down. Not only by Herb, but just period. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, like Herb, that's insane. You've had some fucking pretty embarrassing rounds. I'm just calling you out right now, but... That round was fucking beautiful, dude. You know, what we're doing... You did shit your fucking... Down your leg on the back nine, if I remember correctly. Who cares? 37 on the front nine at Big Run is insane. Insane. I don't think I've ever broken 106 at Big Run. (laughs) Yes, you have. Pretty sure I've seen you shooting 86 (laughs) at Big Run. Uh, But while we're on the shout-outs, shout-out to the guy that my brother didn't know that was eating at Gibson's that goes, I know who you are. I listen to your podcast. Oh, yeah, that did actually happen. It turns out it was just uh, the guy I went to high school with. Shout out to Dan Coyle. That Sean went to high school with. Avid listener of the podcast, but my brother did not know who you were. A random stranger (laughs) that had just like recognized me. Like I was talking to one of my regulars at Gibson's who happened to be eating with this guy. What's his name? His name is Dan Coyle. Dan Coyle. Thanks for listening, Dan Coyle, by the way. We appreciate it. And uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. But I was a little taken back because, you know, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I had met you before, but no, I don't think he's ever met you before. Short-term memory is a bitch. So, but thanks for listening. And yeah, I would. I thought I was like, I was like, get the fuck out of here. This guy is like randomly. I know who (laughs) we've got listeners. What? (laughs) There's people that listen to this shit. No wonder they bet Slay right down to fucking seven to one. (laughs) She fucking stiffed the horse. Oh, that was painful. Sorry to all anybody that actually listened to bet Slay ride. I. You know what? I'm not sorry because you know why? I gave you guys fucking Ali Strikes Fame at six to one. So if you were betting a hundred dollars a unit, you're still up fucking four times your money. So kiss my ass. And that okay? brings us we're talking about gambling. That brings us to the White Sox odds to win the World Series, which uh according to Vegasinsider.com right now, they sit at fifty to one to win the World Series. John, are you excited about the White Sox season coming up? Assuming it gets played yeah, because in I lieu of the they... coronavirus. Shut up, Sean. <laughs> I don't know anybody with Fuck coronavirus. You, I don't know anybody with the coronavirus. I don't know anyone with the coronavirus. Show me fucking someone that you physically fucking know that you see 
with the fucking coronavirus. Dude, the father of America right now, Tom Hanks and his wife, are both infected with coronavirus. Dude, he's in the back pocket of fucking all the... You know what the fuck I'm about to say. Are you kidding me? Tinfoil hat. Who Get can, your tinfoil hat, who everybody. Those control the, you know, comings and goings of the world. Yeah, my ass. The, of course they chose Tom Hanks. He's fucking Forrest Gump. What's more fucking believable than that? Kidding me? He's been involved in every great story in the history of the yes. world, and now he gets coronavirus. Yes, of course. Dude, some guy at some fucking backdoor meeting, Bilderberger or White House meeting, was like, <laughs> what about this? Like, stay, they're like pitching stay, ideas. Stay like, with me here. Stay with yeah. me. Tom Hanks gets the coronavirus. Like, what if we bring in Miles Finch? <laughs> oh, that was good. I wasn't ready for that. Um, anyways, so the White Sox, 50-1 to 1 to win the World Series. For all you Cubs fans out there, uh, you guys are 20-1 to 1 to win the World Series, just behind the Nationals at 18-1. to 1. Uh, Brother John, what do you think about this White Sox season? Are you excited? What do you What do you got going on here? Yeah, here? I'm excited. Are you kidding me? Um, shout out to Gibsons, who will once again be taking uh, reins of the management of uh, Shy Sox Bar and Grill. So if you're ever in the neighborhood before the game and you're hungry or uh, thirsty, that's a great place to go check out. Say hi to my buddy uh, Dan, who's going to be managing there, uh, the new GM. Uh, Congratulations, starting. Dan. Yeah. Hope yeah. you're listening. You'll have to tell them to listen this week. We're gaining three new listeners, or two, Herb and Dan. Yeah, Dan, uh, so it should be busy for him. It's going to be an exciting year. Uh, Vegas, I think, set the White Sox. Uh, it was 50 to 1. Win total at, no, oh. I'm not talking about fucking World Series odds, Sean. The right. win total, I think, is what, 84? Yes. It's and that's exciting in and of itself because that's close to 90 wins. And if you got 90 wins, you're probably in the playoffs, so. And if you're in a down division or injuries happen, you could find yourself in the playoffs with 86 wins. If yeah. you get some hot pitching, you know, you and could once go. Once in a while, my. So the Sox have, have uh, they've signed uh, Luis Robert. They've signed Yohan Moncada to long-term deals. Uh, Moncada has agreed to a seventy or five-year $70 million deal. They got Robert signed to a six-year $50 million deal. I mean, Rick Hans. Sean dropping the knowledge. Don't. I, I did some research. I, I you know, it's all it takes. It's a little bit of effort. But uh I definitely think that Is that a knock when, on my fucking effort or something? No, it's not a knock on your effort. I just mean in general, like, you know, I did I just looked some things up. I literally don't put any effort in this stuff. <laughs> that's that's fine. I don't need you to. Um it's just nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. So anyways, you got a $70 million deal for Yohan Mankata, and you got a $50 million six-year deal for uh, Robert. They've also locked up Eloy and uh, Tim Anderson here in Bummer. The one thing I've been thinking about as this has been going on over the last couple of weeks is Rick Hahn might be revolutionizing the rebuild. I realize that's been a sentiment uh, a lot of people are thinking about, but... You hear a lot of people talking about, oh, he's either going to be an extreme success or he's going to fail, you know, with this process. But the thing is, even if he fails, these contracts are going to be so affordable. So my thought process is this, like, let's say over the next three years, right, the Sox hit like 82 wins, 82 wins, 82 wins, and they don't end up winning shit, right? But you've got all these guys and maybe one of them has like a really down year. And then the next season, though, 
have a really good first half, but you don't really feel like the team's going to get it done. These contracts are so affordable, you're still going to be able to move these guys and recoup value in minor leaguers. Am I crazy in thinking that? Is that a crazy thought process? I don't really think you're it is. You're crazy in thinking that Kenny Williams never gave up the reins to the operation. Rick Rick Hahn is a fucking pawn, dude. It's uh, Kenny Williams. You really think Kenny Williams is giving out dude, these deals? Kenny Williams fucking 05. Kenny dead. Williams 05 would be signing right now. He'd be signing, uh, uh, I, I don't even know. Uh, Jermaine Dye. Yeah. I, Eat a dick. Jermaine Dye, I get, was <laughs> lightning in a bottle. But Kenny Williams caught lightning in a bottle that season. Kenny That's Williams what is the fucking brains of the operation still, Sean. But I'm giving credit to I fucking... Don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't think Kenny Rick Williams... Hahn, is that, a, that sounds like the announcer. <laughs> it's not. But, uh, no, I think I think Rick Hahn no, no, no. might be changing Seriously, names. I think... I don't know about Revolution. That, like, dude... My not, okay. It's a very unique way. I mean, usually what you see, what the Cubs are going through now, like the Cubs gave Rizzo, <clears throat> excuse me, the Cubs gave Rizzo that, that early contract, and that's benefited them greatly, and then they're trying to figure out what to do with the Bryant contract right now, and are they going to have to trade him? So, okay, so here, they're, they're in trouble. I don't think he's revolutionizing it at all. I think... Is it from what it seems like he did is he started trading away all his fucking good players for the shutdown, like fire sale, build up the fucking farm system, sign prospects for cheap from Cuba or wherever the fuck. They're yeah, but I'm saying you're signing you're signing guys to long term deals at very low rates that okay, haven't long term deals that haven't really sniffed the MLB yet. Oh, so you're just banking on them. Becoming yeah, good. becoming good, and then you uh, you're banking on them becoming good. And even if they have down years, though, you can then come back. Like, let's say a guy has a down year, and then you let's say you think maybe this isn't working out, right? The roster construction isn't as good as we thought. Uh, but this guy's having a down year, and then he has a really good, you know, first half of the season, the following season. He's got two years left on his deal. And all of a sudden, other teams think this guy might be the piece. That could help us go deep in the playoffs, you know, whatever it may be. We need a second baseman, we need an outfielder, whatever it might be. Okay. So then all of a sudden, though, you, yeah, you know, you, you might not look that successful because you didn't win anything, but you can recoup on the fact that this guy's got three more years left on his deal at $60 million for a total of, you know, or $50 million for a total of six years. Like, Luis Robert is going to be on a six year deal worth $50 million if he's awesome. And he blows, you know, if he blows the, the the majors away, like some people think he's going to, you could have a stacked team. You could have an absolutely stacked roster and an unbelievably for low cap seasons. rate. Yeah, for multiple seasons. If he doesn't, but he has one good resurgent year, you can all of a sudden trade him, recoup minor leaguers because of the fact that you can be like, look, I'll give you Robert. He's only going to cost you whatever, you know, ten million dollars a year or ten and a half million, you know, and all of a sudden. It's like, okay, it doesn't look like that bad of a deal, even though the Sox may not be winning a World Series. Obviously, Sox fans are going to want them to win a World Series. But I just think it's a very interesting, unique route that we haven't seen a lot of teams take. It's going to be interesting to see how this all takes shape. And people are super excited. Kopak has just come back from the Tommy John surgery. Who I'm sure most people saw he was hitting 100 and whatever you know miles per hour on the radar gun. Oh, in the, got in clocked a, at 116, actually. 116, yeah. 101, <laughs> 100, 101, 198, 81, 82. No, seriously, he's been working with Charlie Sheen, and uh, he hit 116 on the gun today. He's been working with Rick Vaughn. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, so you've got 
all that going on Why with the White Sox. Why did they let him throw out the first pitch at the World Series for Cleveland? Like, that would have been fucking badass, dude. Was that talked about? I think I it was. I don't, uh, yeah, it should have been. Sorry. Wild thing. No, that's yeah. awesome. That's a great idea. Good point with uh, the White Sox. I hope everything pans out. It's it's, it's going to be exciting, exciting dude. Year. It's exciting. As a White Sox We've fan, it's exciting. It's it's exciting. We'll see we how this will. five no matter what, though. No one can take that season away. Fucking just. just 12 and 1 just in the playoffs. Fucking, 12 and 1. Oh, scorched our way 12 and 1. Scotty Pods, Paul Canerco. Although Jeff Andrew Blum. Barbero would tell you different. Fuck you, Andrew, by the way, if you're listening. <laughs> Cocksucker. The shout-outs shout continue here on the Playing Field Podcast. Cubs suck. So, yeah, we're, that White Sox, this White Sox season is exciting. We'll see how all this pans out. Um, also want to talk. Ivan Nova, Cy Young. <laughs> how old yeah, is Ivan Nova? Probably like not even 30 yet. But he had that resurgent year last year. Uh, no, you were, yeah, he gave up like a 15 ERA for his first. He's 33. Starts. He's 33. Is he really? Yeah. Already? Yes. 6'4", 225, 33 years old. That's a, man, that's a man's man. And uh, he had a resurgent year last year. No, and yeah, I thought he pitched really well, well yeah, last year. Like the last month. Yeah. He got like, his, he got, his yeah. sinker and he started just mowing people down. Yeah. If there's one thing Brother John knows without doing any research, or it, it's two things. It's golf, and it's baseball. And occasionally horse racing. No, and horse racing. <laughs> but that usually requires research. And a little bit of masturbation. <laughs> I was actually going to say that, and I refrained. So, uh, le- moving on. Let's talk about the Players' Championship coming up this weekend. If you're not a golf fan. Dude, the- this show's at like 60 minutes already. No, it's not. This thing off here, man. No. John, it's at 24 minutes. That's it? We'll cut it off shortly. I'm fucking passing out here. So, uh, I need we, a cocktail. Can we pause this shit? No, we'll just make it live on the air. And uh, we got the Players' Championship coming up. Hand me your glass. Got the players cha- down here? Yeah, you do. Got the players, ice bucket? You got the Players' Championship coming up, and uh, we've got Roy McElroy as the defending champion. We've been uh, paying attention to the golf the last couple of weeks. We had the Honda Classic. We had the uh, we had the Honda Classic. We had the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational, which is played at Bay Hill. Very tough course. And uh, what we saw the last two Showing weeks. every fucking course is tough for you. Well, I said, I'm, I just <laughs> meant very tough course for the PGA. Did I tell you about the guy that shit on the floor upstairs? <laughs> well, we're going to save that for the end of the podcast. All right, we'll bring that back later. All right, so anyway. I'm not even sure I could talk about it. No, you can't. You it's, no, you told me about it. Oh, I did. The yeah. Shawshank. It's hilarious. Anyways, we're going to, okay. yes, no, shake sorry. a leg. TPC, Sawgrass. Sean actually holds the course record. I think he shot 26 and a half under there on Tiger Woods uh, golf one time. I believe I actually, no, I think I shot a, I think I shot a 48 there. We'd have to ask Matt 48. Teller. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Teller. It was all whites. It was easy. But I think I shot a 48 there. I think I aced one of the par fours. Does Matt Teller listen? Uh, I don't know if Matt listens. He's got a act, Matt Teller. I mean, he is a class act. They don't make Love him much better than fucking Matt Teller. Thank Love you, Matt. Matt. Shout out to Cantini Golf, everybody over there. We appreciate everything Beautiful you do for facilities. us. Incredible facilities. If you've never played a round at Cantini, get your ass out there. It's incredible. Um, especially for a public golf course. Nobody does it better in the uh, west, northwest, south suburbs. Nobody does it better than Cantini. They're awesome. So, uh, Players' Championship. We had the Honda Classic. Uh, two weeks ago, 
And we had uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. And it's, uh, what do they call it? They call it the Florida Swing, right? Florida Swing, I think is what they call it in the PGA Tour here. Sean, you're the fucking, you're the so, sports degree. Uh, a very uh, a very tough stretch in the PGA Tour. And what we've seen is a young man named Sung Jai Im come back from, I think he was down three strokes, right? Was it more than that? He was like plus 1,300 to win the Honda Classic. We talked about it the morning of the Honda Classic. And I said, John, maybe you should bet this guy Sung Jai Im. Um, I'm not going to say why I said you should bet him. <laughs> Yeah, but, dude, if I was a gambling man on sports anyway, I would but have. But. He was plus 1,300, and uh, he ended up coming back and winning, and he made par putt after par putt and big clutch putts. And it was awesome to watch, whether you're a golfer or not. The guy was clutch, and it was great. Last week, he uh, came back off his first career PGA Tour victory. He was in the, within one shot of the lead, and I think it was got back to tied for the lead at one point. Uh, during the Arnold Palmer, which is another very, very tough uh, tournament to win. Very challenging course. And, uh, he gives a shit about the Arnold Palmer. Hold on. Then he, he finished two strokes off the lead, and it was, uh, what's his name? Hatton. Can't remember his name. Where is it? Where is it? There it is. Terrell Hatton wins. No, no, no. It was uh, Lafferty Daniel. Lafferty Daniel and Gilmore Happy. Uh, Tyrell Hatton went at one. He was minus four. Sung Jung Im finished at minus two. And then uh, this young man is now 30 to one to win the Players' Championship. Oh, that's what we're talking about. This. Oh, this is uh, yeah. Sean's play of the week. No, it's not my play of the week, but Dude, 30 to one to win the championship. Why are you afraid to commit to a play of the week? Uh, because because I, people are thirsty for winners, Sean. <laughs> thirsty for winners. I think you're better off taking the world number one at eight to one. Uh, assuming that they play this tournament. Dude, he's going to pull a fucking Sunday night uh, shit down it. Poop down his leg? Carpet move. Um, so, Roy McIlroy, your world number one, is 8-1 to one to win the Players' Championship. And if you've never watched the Players' Championship, put it on on Sunday afternoon. It's an absolutely gorgeous golf course. It's got one of the most famous holes in golf. It's super fun to watch. Is Jordan Spieth on tour anymore? Ah, dude, you know what? I don't know. Let's see. Is he... Uh, I don't even know if he's in the odds. That's actually a really interesting question. Seriously, like what? That's a very... 80 to 1 to win the players. 80 to 1. Folks, if you're in a big hole... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your play of the week? Um, dude, I don't know. I just feel like... Okay, we've been saying this for a long time. This kid was one of the most, like, fucking devastating junior golfers, and he came on tour, and he starts winning. Ice in his veins, man. Ice in his veins. You're just not that good and not that competitive, and then stop being good. Unless, of course, you let what most men let ruin their fucking careers, and that's vagina. (laughs) The guy probably started getting laid and literally just took his fucking little, little bit out of his legs and once the legs are gone, look, he stays. He hangs back on everything. He blocks everything out to the right. Who never come through on anything? Who quit the game? Seriously, <laughs> too much panocha, man. Not on game days. Look at Greg Norman at the fucking Masters. What was that when he... Oh, what was that the 92 Masters? Yeah, he supposedly stayed up fucking... What's that model fucking all night? Because he had like a seven-shot lead and he thought he'd never lose. Is that the supposed story? I've never heard that. Yeah, Dad told me that. It's got to be true. For sure. Dad slept in the bunker off Augusta's 16th hole that year. Probably did. Love you, Dad. 
Uh, it'll satellite phone. <laughs> so uh, did I ever tell you about the time that the bookie was out of town and he had some like fucking one of the one of his. Do I really want to hear this story? <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the scrubs for the bookie. The bookie was out of town, so one of his like little henchmen or whatever was taking the bets. And uh, oh, good lord! And he was too dumb to know that dad, my dad at the time, this was probably in the mid '80s or late '80s, <laughs> had like one of the first satellite phones. So my dad had one of his fucking buddies. Oh God, yeah, this is crazy. At the track, fucking phoning in winners, like as they were coming across, like coming down the stretch. He'd be calling my dad at home, and my dad would be calling in to the to the bookie, the winning the winning horse, like you know, ahead you know, of time. Yeah, thirty predicting like a 30 predicting the future. Minute a minute. Yeah, they were they hit like six races in a row or whatever. Predicting the future. And then probably the bookie got back and was like, "Barry, you haven't won ever. Like, what happened? <laughs> There's no way." Oh my lord. So, anyways. If that tells you anything about our upbringing. Satellite phone. <laughs> well, I didn't know this until, like, you know. John, I remember yeah, this one time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until he was I, on the golf course and telling you the story. Like, This one time I had uh, a whole Superfecta pool and I threw out the ticket. <laughs> oh, what about the time? Wait, this is a good one. One time he hit. Yeah. this No, this was it. No. It wasn't the time he threw out the ticket. He hit a superfecta for like twenty G's. It would have been it would have been like the whole pool at Mountaineer. So um <laughs> they post the Please winning, continue. They post the winning ticket and it says like four two all all and dad's like, What do you mean all all? I got the fucking winning ticket right here. And it says, and then they flash across the screen, all bets canceled at Mountaineer. Like, there was, like, a power outage or something. What? I've never heard this. No, yes. that's insane. So, Dad should have won, like, $20,000 ticket? 40000 No, it was, I forget. It was an insane amount of money. So, so <laughs> Dad is so pissed. <laughs> Obviously, there's nothing you can do at this point. So, might have been, like, uh. Who knows? He's but either way, he's pissed. So he calls up Mountaineer in West Virginia. He calls him up. I've never heard this story, he's folks. Like, never heard this story. I got the winning ticket. You never said there was no more bets. Blah 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 blah. And they're like, "Well, we're sorry, but you know, if you want to come out here, we'll fly you out, and you can stay out here." What do I want to go to West Virginia for? <laughs> Dad hates the wilderness. What do I want to go to West Virginia oh, for? God. So That's unbelievable. No, I've never heard that story. That was a good one. That's insane. Um, I don't even remember what the hell we were talking about prior to these ridiculous stories about Dad's gambling adventures. We should have him on the podcast one time and just be like, just give us your craziest gambling stories. Uh, there's another good one. What about the one where... Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to leave gonna it. Save these. We're going to save these for I'm another episode. Dad. Dad, we love you. Um, Love you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, but uh, bye, buddy. Hope I'm you find your dad. <laughs> All right, Dad. So, anyways, Dad. The, the Players Championship. If you've never watched it, I highly suggest you do. Seventeen can make or break people's golf fortunes. It's pretty awesome. Uh, it's really cool, and uh, yeah. So it's keep cool an eye. The other side of the pillow. 
Oh, R.I.P. Stuart Scott. Oh. Dude, don't you miss Stuart Scott? Uh, awesome. A little bit, you know. Um, and by the way, even though I said I would rather take my chances with Roy McElroy at eight to one at the players. Oh, the players. That's right. Jordan Spieth, eighty to one. No one has ever won back-to-back titles at the Players' Championship since it's moved to the TPC at Sawgrass in 1982. So, uh, interesting stuff there. So, you said Ian Woosnam? Ian Woosnam? <laughs> yeah, Brad Faxon. Uh, Brad Faxon. <laughs> Averaging so, 236 off the tee this I week. I will say, I know Brooks has not been playing well, but you can get Brooks Kepka at 40-1. to 40, 40 to 1 for Brooks Kepka, a guy who won back to back U.S. Opens. He was on the HGH just like Tiger Brooks. Hey, whatever. We I don't care him. what he was on. He was really good at golf and dominating the golf circuit. Okay, dominating the PGA Tour. You he can probably get him. started too, banging too many chicks. You can get him at 40 to 1. Uh, you can't so. jizz him eight times a day and have a good golf swing. You just yeah. can't do it. We got the horses jizzing. <laughs> we got the good genes. Oh, good Lord. Um, so we yeah, jumped off the horse and we got his jizz. <laughs> what a fucking brilliant idea! <laughs> I would totally do that. I get kicked in the face a couple times and jerk off a fucking horse that won the Kentucky Derby and then fucking have an art. John loves horse racing that much. What artificial inspiration? <laughs> I think I did artificial. Inspiration. You ever heard of artificial inspiration, Charlie? Uh, <laughs> So Roy McIlroy eight to one. Thumb, Charlie. <laughs> John Rahm twelve to one, and then uh, you can get the ultimate douche Justin Thomas at sixteen to one. Really good golfer, very douchey guy. Dude, he might win it, man. He's Justin just Thomas fucking, sixteen to one on your awesome money right now. Uh, and then uh, you got uh, Professor DeChambeau at twenty to one. Dustin Johnson twenty five to one. I think it's twenty five to one for DJ. Yep. And uh, Tommy Fleetwood, a guy I keep thinking is going to win at some point, but fails to do so constantly, also at 25 to 1. So that's going to... Give me DeChambeau at 20 to 1. He just seems like the kind of douchey guy that would be wearing a green jacket like that. Well, it's not the Masters. It's... Oh, we're not talking yeah, about the Masters. we're not talking that's about right. the Masters. Green Ooh. jacket, gold jacket, who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, and you could count on me waiting for you yeah, in the parking, parking lot. lot. <laughs> Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Um, so yeah, we, we talked a little bit of, of baseball and, uh, we talked a lot about the coronavirus, we talked a lot about gambling, but, uh, this is a short, quick hitting episode of short. Yeah, it was short. It's not that long. I, we've had that's much what long. She said, sure. That's what she said. Oh, oh. That's what she always says, John. Uh, we've 37 minutes here. That's quicker than normal. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get a finished up here anything uh any, anything entertaining you've watched seen you want to talk about before we we go here in the last couple of weeks anything cool you've done uh me and jenny saw pigeons playing oh. ping pong on saturday night which uh if don't sleep on this band because they're great they're and, a very uh, good band they did as just a, cancel as a guitar player tour due to the did they really no way did they really yeah oh wow i didn't know that that's crazy so yeah as a guitar player of 20 years they're very good. Check them out. Yeah, very fun, too. Fun, they're man. very fun. Great very show. Fun. Great show. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. And uh, we did... Uh, me and Sean saw Pink Talking Fish, which was very entertaining. On that Friday was very entertaining. West. Pink Talking Fish is a very good band. Park they West, play, they play the music of, of Pink and uh, of Pink Floyd and Fish. Of Pink. And 
Yeah, not of Pink. That a vagina band or something? No, the solo artist Pink. But they oh, play yeah, the music Pink. of Pink Floyd, uh, Fish, and the Talking Heads. What's one of her songs? Uh, I don't know. Couldn't tell you off the top of my head right now. But she's got some catchy songs. I'm sure you've heard a million times before. No, 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 no. I'm gonna start a fight. <laughs> yes, that is one of her songs. Uh, wasn't ready for that, but all right. So, uh, so yeah, Pink Talking not Fish. A rock star. <laughs> you know more Pink than I anticipated. Oh. Uh, so, uh, yeah. This is true. We saw some some good bands this weekend, or he saw some good bands this weekend. I saw one. Saw a little bit more than that, actually. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey so uh, we're going to wrap it up. That's going to do it for the Playing the Field podcast. Uh, and one thing I saw this week, I watched The Secret Life of Pets 2. Very entertaining movie. And I nice. also watched Ford versus Ferrari. Check both of those things out. Oh, that out. was kind of entertaining. Ford versus Ferrari is a very good movie. Matt Damon's good, man. You can't go I'm wrong with him. Matt Damon. You can't go wrong with a Matt Damon flick. Matt Damon. Uh, very <laughs> good movie. medical brain. <laughs> very good movie. Uh, check that out. And uh, Secret Life of Pets 2 is on Netflix. Also very entertaining movie. Fun stuff. So check that stuff out. And, uh, you know, if you're feeling bored this week and there's still some sporting events going on, maybe you should bet the Players' Championship. Seriously, like... Uh, I don't know if there's going to be anything to watch. Uh, Who knows, man? Like I said, dude, let's have a fucking coronavirus party. You guys could all come over. Let's all get it together. Let's build up immunity. The faster we all get it, the faster that all this shit's over with. Well, fucking weed out all the sick and fucking dying anyway in the gut, you know? Like, I'd like to thank Dr. John for joining us on the podcast today <laughs> for his just absolutely uh, perfect, perfect plan to fight the coronavirus. <laughs> Let's just all get it together. It'll be fine a couple weeks later. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? So probably edit it out. So anyways, that's going to do it for the uh, Corona podcast and uh, thanks for listening. This has been the Playing the Field podcast episode twenty-one. I think uh, we're going to try twenty earlier. I think uh, did I say twenty? I think it's twenty-one actually. This is a two-in-one. This is a two-parter that counts as two. Yeah, because we're doing it during the coronavirus, so it's very dangerous. <laughs> so it's worth two episodes, not one. But um, yeah, check out the players this weekend, and uh, hopefully we get to watch the NCAA tournament. Uh, and hopefully we get to continue watching hockey and other and, sports here. This and is stay tuned, folks, for the next episode though, because we are going to have some Kentucky Derby talk oh. coming up. That's that's uh, you know, John. That's what we call in the business a tease. That's nice. Look at you. You're, it's about forty-five, fifty days away, folks. This is the first weekend in May. Like, get ready. Like, put your request in for work. Take off. I mean, get your bankroll ready, man. We're going to have some winners for you. All right, real quick, John. Real quick. What was the derby bet that you put in uh, that would have won, like, a bajillion dollars, but you threw out the favorite? Oh, I threw out the super high five. I threw out the... So you bet all five horses, right? You you had, to pick, you had to pick the five horses that were yeah. going to win, right? Yeah. It was... Uh, I remember I was looking at Lee. He came in second, and I knew that motherfucker was going to save room on the rail that year and close with Corey Lannery in the, in the reins. Churchill, hometown boy. But my dumbass throughout Always Dreaming, who fucking literally wired the race, had won the Florida Derby fucking a month before. Anyways, the the super high five paid, I think. Uh, How many horses did you put on your ticket? Uh, Six. You put six. 
Literally, I like Stone Cold fucking like had this fucking race Stone Cold. And did you box it? Nope. I keyed uh, like three with four with I keyed with three with four with four with five with five or something like that. But but you threw out the favorite. Yeah. But had you had the favorite in it, what would the that have paid you? It doesn't matter, dude. Horse like like Dad always says, dude. Horse betting is a game of shoulda, coulda, woulda, man. I understand that. I'm just saying I want people to understand that Derby Day is a super fun day. I think it paid uh six hundred thousand. Okay, six hundred thousand dollars for yes. how much was the bet? The bet was like a hundred. <laughs> Probably over hundred fifty dollar bet. Okay, so all I'm saying though is but this: it's for like the super high five. This is like the that biggest super high five is a big bet. Okay, but all I'm saying is this: it's a it, the Derby Day is a fun day that if you got twenty five extra bucks lying around and you want to have some fun and make the Derby interesting, you can make a lot of different wagers for twenty five dollars and really enjoy yourself on Derby Day if you've never bet the Derby. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying go out and bet your mortgage or your bankroll or anything like that. I'm just saying that you can start Derby Day is a lot of by fun. Calling this number one eight hundred Brother John's picks. <laughs> Ninety nine cents the first minute. No. Hmm. We should sign off. Yeah well we're 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 trying to. All I'm saying is <laughs> is that Derby Day is a, a fun day. So uh, if you listen to the podcast, take a couple of notes about what John says. He's usually pretty accurate with things on, uh, uh, regarding Derby Day. Obviously, no one is 100% right all the time. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's a fun day. It's a it's a good day to just uh, have, a, have a chance to win some big money because the prize pools on Derby Day, everybody bets the Derby. So you can have a $1 bet that pays literally $10,000. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's insane. And, um, yeah, we'll talk more about it next week. We're going to talk more about uh, some other things uh, as well. I don't know. We'll probably get into free agency because that stuff's going to start moving forward and the NFL is going to ramp up here. So join us uh, hopefully next week or the week after that for episode 22. And uh, this has been the Playing the Field podcast, uh, episode 22. You can follow me on Twitter at SeanPTF. If you're new to the podcast, which hopefully with all the shout outs, we picked up one or two new listeners and uh, that's going to do it for us. So thanks for listening. Everybody have a fun, safe weekend. Wash your hands. Uh, It's not that hard to wash your hands. So just wash your hands and avoid the coronavirus, everybody. And uh, yeah, stay healthy out there. Okay. Mm